Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we're in Lithuania. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. Yes, and at the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event... Confirmed live event, thank you. Uh, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Monty. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. Yes. We are, what now, week three? Week three. Into the into Second the podcast, Cherry. Yeah. Yes. And also week zero, because <laughs> as will become apparent later on, because we have to make reference to it, we're actually recording this. And the fourth episode, before the first one's even got out. So if we, uh, we are really plugging for everyone to message us and to write in. So uh, if we haven't read you out yet, it's because we haven't actually read it yet, because we're in the past right now. Yeah, So you're in the future. Yeah. How is it? Have the UK confirmed definitely going to be Eurovision host next year? We don't know. Hush, we'll get to that. (laughs) But more importantly, this is Lithuania's week. Monty. This is, yes. And I think we should just jump straight into the national final. Get us. Speedy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so this year, Lithuania chose its Eurovision entry through its national selection, as it's done in previous years now, uh, Pabandum Ishnayau. And um, there was a slight change this year. Um, in that the submission form that you have the artist to submit uh, was uh, for both artist and song, where in previous years you can submit a song or you can submit just as an artist, which I think has brought up some difficult situations where people with multiple songs have got through the rounds. So uh, I think it was a slight change. Yes. That's why we had Monica Watsachops. Yeah. Monica Maria. That's it. (laughs) Yes. And she had to drop a song and then, yeah, all of that. So I think this year, uh, LRT, the broadcaster was like, no, one form, you submit a song and artist, thank you. Okay, so you have to have your offering paired by the time you actually submit. Mm. You can't just speculatively put in a song if you're a songwriter and hope it will be matched by a random artist. Yeah, although I didn't know that was the case, actually, until I... Heard about this rule change. Like, okay, thought that was the case. Why would you have two forms? <laughs> but anyway, that's that's one change. But apart from that, it was the standard fare. So six shows starting in early January. There are three heats, two semi-finals, and of course a final um, that was held on the twelfth of February. You say standard fare, but actually six shows is far less than Lithuania has treated us to in the past. I say treated. It's a generous description. <laughs> <laughs> Inflicted. <laughs> no, but I think we've since... had weeks of it. Honestly, yeah. we've had things that started in like September, mm. almost before a song is eligible. But not Pabandam Ishnayo. Since no. that's been rebranded, then they have tightened things up. This year, there are previous Lithuanian Eurovision entrants, which is kind of the same every year. But this year, especially, we had Erica Jennings, who was part of Scamp in two thousand and one. 
uh, Aiva, who was in 2018, uh, Monica from 2015, and then Vilia Mata I've completely fucked that up, sorry, but her, Vilia, from 2014, who screamed attention at us, and unfortunately she didn't get enough attention because she didn't get through the semi-final. <laughs> but they all returned. Also, another returnee was Gibrassi, who we spoke about on this podcast before, who he had three songs this year, one for himself, two for others. I think he had about a million songs last year. Only one song <laughs> made the final uh, this year, and it was his own song. Thank God for him. Voting, as always, was 50% televote, an expert jury, of which there was loads of people you might recognise on the jury if you're a Eurovision fan, but most notable was LaRoupe's Viditis, who was... One of the most outspoken ones, I think, based on some of his comments. Um, if you followed the shows, it was quite clearly a two-horse race between, well, two people. I'm just going to say that for now. Something we've not spoken about much on the podcast is viewership in Lithuania. And um, the news came out that 250,000 viewers watched the final in Lithuania. And I'm told that's good. Because it's a 10% market share and LRT are quite happy with that, apparently. It's all it's bigger than that, I think. It's almost the 10% of the entire population. Never yeah. mind just the audience share. There's like, what, 2.75 million people? Yeah. 2.8 million people in Lithuania. So that's almost 10% of everybody in Lithuania. Not just 10% of who was watching TV mm. at the time. That's, a, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if they're happy with it, then I'm happy with it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're happy about the Lithuanian viewing figures. <laughs> we are nothing if not geeky. Uh, there was a winning song, as we know, it was Monica Lu with Sentimentai. It was first with both the juries and the televote, and if you were following the show, it was quite obvious. Uh, it was a two-horse race, we'll come on to who the other horse was, but it was very clear Monica was very likely to win this national final from the outset. That was a bit of an anticlimax for me. However, let's listen to the song. So that was the song, Monty, which you are on record of saying wasn't your favourite. However... Yeah, I'm on record of saying it was my least favourite. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> but you, uh, she did well at Eurovision. She did. She did really well. And, you know, fair play to her. Um, she qualified, I think, against the odds in seventh place with 159 points um, and when was 14th in the final with a slightly lower point score, 128 in the final. Do you know that it's really interesting because I think we looked at that first semi-final and we thought Ukraine and Moldova have hoovered up the televote points. And we thought that some of the surprise qualifiers had got through on the strength of their jury vote. Um, the fact that, you know, the, the, there was so there were fewer televotes to go around. So it maybe meant that the, the jury vote um, pulled them through. But actually, she got televotes from every other country 
in the semi-final oh. and only got jury votes from 11 of them. She was ninth in the jury vote, but she was fifth in the televote in the semi-final. So her support came from the viewers, not from the jurors. Okay. And it was universal appeal. Every single country in her semi-final voted for her. Well, I mean, hands up, we were wrong. I, absolutely. I mean, I was completely wrong on that. I just didn't yeah. get it. I, I think by the time it got to Eurovision, I could see there was something of the old kind of Soviet disco um, about it. And I could see why the sentimentality might kick into it. But I still don't like it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i a bit disappointed. Going back and seeing some of the songs that she's done previously, she's a bit batshit crazy and I love it. Oh, we love that. I, and I, this was quite tame. Do you know, you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> we met her at London Eurasian Party and, and she, she was... batshit s- crazy. Oh, yeah. I thought she was quite sweet. She was sweet, but she was also... There was a there was a, an underlying <laughs> sense of, like, you know, craziness about her. I mean, and I do love that. That's, That's our kind not, of women. That is not a slight no. in any way. No way. I absolutely love that about an artist. But yeah, I think they're very, very pleased with their final outcome at Eurovision. So they should be. It's way better than I thought they were going to get. <laughs> yeah. So that was the song that did make it to Eurovision. Let's look at the songs that didn't. Song number one then is Gibrassi with In Your Arms. Remember Monty, thoughts? Well, I quite like Gabrassi. We did speak about him on the podcast last year. I think he caught your eye um, first. And because of that, I've been piqued by the interest in him. Um, so it's nice to see him back. This is a, it's a song where he's pondering the why relationships broken up. But he's sharing the blame. There's a quite a nice lyric of, we both started the fire that night. It doesn't matter who was right. So it's kind of, you're getting to that point of like, Actually, we've completely messed this up. But you know what? The blame game is completely unimportant. You know, what matters is what we're going to do about it. And I quite like that. It feels like this... It's quite a gentle melody. Um, feels like... It's quite a spacious melody, I thought. There's uh, there's room to breathe in this song. And I, I rather like that. Gabrassi is um, a former X-Factor... Um, contestant in Lithuania and he's also finished twice in the Lithuanian uh, Eurovision selection he was a backing vocalist for Monique in 2020 and last year he came second with his own song Where Do You Want to Go? Where Do You Want to Go with Gabrassi? <laughs> well first of all fellow homosexual who is not afraid to criticise his president over LGBT rights We like that Woo! Pride! Yeah. <laughs> Big Gayer, we love him. Um, I've had a few Twitter exchanges with him and he's he seems really lovely. Seems like a genuinely mm. nice guy. Not like that. Get you sliding into his DMs. <laughs> or maybe he slid into mine. Oh, Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but I thought you... Oh, no. <laughs> he's, we spoke... Uh, as I said, we spoke about him before. 
last year he submitted like a hundred songs. This year only three. Look, this is very chart friendly and it demonstrates his songwriting chops. Very good, very mature. But melodically, it was always going to struggle a little bit up against some of the other songs in this selection. Even though this made my playlist and it stayed there and I actually I actually listened to it on the way over here. I still love it. I'm a real fan and desperately want him to keep coming back. Um, I think he's a real talent. I think he will keep coming back. I think he feels like that kind of artist. <laughs> but we welcome that. We absolutely like it. Song two is called Not Your Mother by Lolita Zero. So just a word on Lolita Zero. Lolita Zero is a drag character played by Gittis Ivanauskas. And she's a character who... Well, she's quite horny, put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) She is wearing the most enormous pair of bull horns, devil, not quite devil horns, but minotaur horns. I don't know, that kind of mythical character horns they're they're huge they're big they're They're super horny so big that they're actually not a headset headdress they're actually goes right down the back and i think is like supportive of some (laughs) like kind of steak or something apparently they couldn't make it fit well in you'd need a 48 hour panty girdle to keep that on (laughs) um i mean let's address that a minute it's a slightly campy pantomime villain costume in Almost like Dark Disney. Uh, That's it. Like Maleficent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly that. Uh, well, it's, a kind of more sexual deviant Maleficent. Like if Maleficent was a drag queen in a gay bar cabaret in, stage. In Vilnius. Yeah. But that's fine though, because obviously that's where, obviously, someone like Lolita Zero would make their living, right? Of course they would. So it's got that look, but you know. Look at him. He's, that's that's who he is. She's wearing like a silver outfit, and she's uh, she's got four silver-clad wallopers dancing around beside her. Um, it's got that beat to it that kind of reminds me of that kind of sex club electronica. Oh my god! It sounds like filth. It looks like filth, and it probably is filth. You have just hit the nail on the head, Monty. Uh, It reminds me of the days when I used to pile all of the West London gays into my car and a few lesbians uh, and we'd drive to Vauxhall. And this is before it was trendy. Thank you very much. And we'd go and do Naughty Things in Fire, the nightclub there, which is still going. I'm not sure it's quite as edgy as it used to be. But uh, that beat and that bass line and that siren that's going off... Honestly, I feel like it's just that moment when the alcohol or drugs or alcohol has kicked in and you're having your moment in full hedonism mode. You know that there's at least a bottle of poppers, not a moment's walk from where she is. 
if Poppers was a song, this would be it. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. And I'm not sorry about that at all. I genuinely love this song. There's just something you can't take your eyes off about this. There's something so engaging about it. Um, So Lolita Zero is no stranger to the Lithuanian selection. Uh, In 2017, she performed. um, And actually, she lip-synced to the live vocal that was delivered by Urius. Remember Urius? That's right. I interviewed him in Tel Aviv. Yes. Mm. What was his song? Rum of the Lions. That's the one, yes. And uh, I'm glad you remembered that because I have to look it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she did uh, She did something interesting with watermelons. <gasps> That's right. Mm, oh yeah. my God. I have to say, 2017 was in the middle of us taking a break from Second Cherry because we were bloody knackered and we needed it. Um, but I think that had we done Second Cherry in 2017... This would have been a very strong contender, or that would have been a very strong contender for the Lithuanian Cherry that year. And then I think it would have been a strong contender to potentially win Second Cherry. Mm. So So so. is there a redemption story? Maybe. Maybe. Well, she has to be chosen first. (laughs) The song is less stirring for me, I have to say. It's like there's something which is great, but melodically and it tunefully it just doesn't quite hit the notes that it could do but there's something quite iconic about her so you can kind of forgive her for that um i found a lovely quote actually um from an interview well a very well, I say interview very brief answers she gave to some questions for esc united uh the researcher there um the author there said i did a little bit of research on you and noticed that you're also a choreographer a director an actor and the founder of the gitis ivanauskas real name theater how do you balance all of these roles on top of preparing for the papandomis naya pre-selection and lolita zero's response was the best balance are standing on 30 centimeter high heels (laughs) (laughs) gotta love her for that do be careful if you google her because the google search term lolita zero can bring up a warning (laughs) to not search for child Sex imagery. Oh, of course. Lolita is obviously famous, yes. but yeah, okay. Put the zero in. Put Lithuania in. Put the song title in. Put Eurovision in. at Make least. Make sure you get to what you're looking for. <laughs> Lolita Zero there with Not Your Mother. Song number three then is Eva Zasimaskaita with I'll Be There. If you Monty, if Aiva's 2018 Eurovision entry, When We're Old, is a fine wine, because they did very well, then I'll Be There this year is a cup of tea that your nan's made for you. Oh, that's harsh. Well, still nice, just not as... Do you know... This is lovely Eva from Lisbon. We all absolutely adored her when yeah. she sang her song on stage. She was a bit of a surprise hit 
um, for such a gentle song. Um, but it was just performed so beautifully. And if you remember the end of the song, she walked across the bridge on the stage and her partner was there. Her, her, her actual husband. Man, her actual husband was there. So, I mean, four years on, should we have a look and see how that relationship's blossoming? I think we shouldn't. Don't, don't Google that, Eva. <laughs> this is... Oh, bless her. You can That's tell, life. You can tell they've split up because this is a song of despair. Um, it's a... It's, she's broken up from her lover, um, but she feels like nobody's there for him. Never mind him, nobody's there for her. So she's singing, the pain is so strong, it seems I lost myself, and only he can understand me. Sometimes I pray, take me from here, because this world's too hard for me. I mean, that's bleak. It yeah. really is bleak. I'll be there, they say, but nobody's there when you need them. Oh, Yeva. Bless her. I mean, look at the difference just a few years can make. Oh, this is, it's it's a nice song. It's a beautiful song. It's very gentle. It's very fragile. Um, it doesn't quite have the, the, the edge, the beautifulness that her 2018 song had. And I think that was because it was about, love and it was about the power of the relationship and it was about you know she was singing about you know imagining themselves when they're an old couple <sighs> that hasn't worked out has it no it's kind of more tragic now i mean i know that these experiences in life are the things that you know develop you as an artist and you know you plunge the depths of your misery and your despair and your euphoria uh, when you're an artist to to bring those emotions to the stage but Oh, I just feel so sorry for her. I know, and you can't really... It's not fair to compare a previous entry because it's not like other people in this, you know, that we're judging her against. But they are competitive songs. They might not be in the same competition at the same time, but they are songs that have been put up for judgment in a competition, and they are both by her. So I think it's inevitable that you know, we will draw some comparison. But I know what you mean. It's, you know, it's unfair to, you know, to compare chalk with cheese. Yeah. I think, I do, I do like it. I do, and I have to say, I do like her voice. I do like that affliction in her voice where she sings like it's from back of the throat and like, don't laugh, but deep in the, <laughs> deep in the cheeks. <laughs> I wasn't laughing at all. No, I the smut gonna... is entirely in your head. <laughs> I, I I wrote this down. I thought he's not gonna he's he's not gonna let me just get this out. Uh, but yeah, like get it's, it out. It, Go it's on. like it's the way it's, it, it's look. Vocal coaches will uh, have a better way of explaining this than me in my stupid way. But it's like it's almost like it starts at the back of the throat and she sort of then it comes from the cheek. It's, it's the way in which she moves her mouth to give that sort of yeah affliction. Um, th- it's got no hook. You're right. It, it's just it's it's a it's a okay song sang really well sang really sweetly so moving on it's from deep throat to kitchen appliances <laughs> naturally it's the queens of roses with washing machine Machine. 
Can I just say, on Washing Machine, I thought that Kate Bush was going to be the only artist that was going to sing about a washing machine and get away with it. But how wrong I was. Here are the Queens of Roses with their song, Washing Machine. You want to hear a total fact? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Which is one of the lyrics. Look, the lyrics are atrocious, I have to say. Oh my God, the lyrics are glorious. What do you mean? <laughs> but no, hold on. It is so much fun. They know what they're doing, all right? They know what they're doing here. It's very Eastern European English, uh, but that adds to the charm. It is, as I said, they know exactly what they're doing. I like like the female empowerment song that turns that symbolism of domestic duty (laughs) on its head. And then you tell the man, oh, shut up, you're going on like a washing machine. Like I love that. I absolutely love it. This sort of thing normally rolls me up the wrong way, but they're just performing this at the right level, the right register. It's pure fun, and I'm really into it. The premise is she's giving, or they are giving the boy the brush off because he's just drunk all the time, and he's trying to chat her up, possibly in a club, and... He can't get his words out. He's just mumbling. So she's basically saying, you know, you're talking like a washing machine. And then they go into the sound. They're like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's kind of emulate that sound of the clothes swishing around. That's like the sound that's coming out of his mouth. The lyrics are glorious. I mean, this, whoever wrote these, there is genius. There's some brilliant words in here. You always like to press at destruction. So drunk you couldn't walk, couldn't function. Hell boy, you've got some cheek, got some gumption. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant. And then it goes on, the chorus says, I don't want you coming round here on your knees, begging baby please. No, I don't want your love no more. Everybody everybody knows you've had too much to drink. No one can even process what you mean because you're talking like a washing machine. This is just pure fun. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's like, it's such a, it's such a fun twist on that kind of, you know, get out of my way, you drunken old twat. I'm here for it. That, 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 that empowerment. It's like they're full control and they're owning everything. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Song number five, the final song, is by Ruta Loop. Call me from the cold. Let me walk. Rutaloop, she's known to us on Second Cherry and spoke about her before. We did. She was in last year, I do believe. Or was it the year before? It was 2020 when I met her and I interviewed her. Not not on the podcast, ah, but yes. Yeah, yes. When we were, I was in Lithuania. She's, yes, um, yeah, she's ago. been around a few... T- actually, I think this might even be fourth time or something. She's been, yeah, she's been around a lot. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this, this is very... Another fragile song. Very, it's almost kind of ethereal at times. It's got a little bit of sort of space about it as well. Um, 
there's it's a very quiet start um, the lighting effect is that she's partly obscured and there's sort of panels of light that are that are illuminating just part of her face and part of her body um, there are some projections on the back of the stage that she interacts with there's a kind of light figure and then there's the shapes um, and then she twirls around a bit on a, on a spinning plinth in the middle of the floor kneeling down on it um, it's very it's very gentle it's very floaty um, although it builds a little bit in the second half it builds to have a little bit more body to the song but I do think it takes its time um, a little bit her vocal is slightly strained but I think this is deliberately so I think it's to fit with the feel of the song yeah I adore her voice actually and it's exactly where she places it in the songs that she does uh, it's very individual I feel like she can go more mainstream pop but also flick to alternative she's got that really interesting voice where she can do both I, I agree I like how this starts that soft voice over simple chords um, some of the, the lighting effects, like the shards of light on her or the little windows of light on her were, I think, if you can imagine if they were to translate that to the big Eurovision stage when they've got more tech, that could be really, really interesting, really gorgeous. You're right, it doesn't really go anywhere. There is that, it is repetitive and it's got that sort of wet sounding bass line to it that kicks in, like that Robin-esque bass line, but it doesn't really go with it or, or go at it great production actually for a song but um yeah uh, quality but lacking a competitive edge so that's our five songs uh, there's one of the though matt that you wanted to give a special mention to and it's a song that came second yeah it came equal second it was um before you're six foot under and uh by augusta vedrikaita um, a nice bit of country rock from a very strong performer uh, we've not included it because it's just more i don't know we just felt like it was lacking something but it's definitely worth checking out look her up i think she might return because she's got something about her she is fierce af so a little special mention there for augusta so they're the songs but now there's this matt and monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good Oh, that's good, that is. Yes, it's our good thing of the week that is good. This is the part of the show that we like to bring you a bit of positivity. We like to reflect on something lovely and wonderful that's happening in the fandom sphere at the moment. And this week, with some caveats, <laughs> it is the potential of the United Kingdom hosting Eurovision 2023. Woo! Uh, and now, I say caveats. We are recording this on the 23rd of June, and by the time this goes out, I think it will be sometime in July. So <laughs> by then, we might know if UK is hosting Eurovision, or is not hosting Eurovision, or what is happening with Eurovision next year. At the moment, we don't know. But what we do know is that the EBU last week put out a statement saying that Thank you very much. We've looked into the security situation and it can't be in Ukraine, as expected. And so they said they were going to talk to the BBC and ask them. Now, there's no decision or no official public decision, as far as we know, at the time of recording. 
But it's all kicking off because we've got, you know, our lovely culture minister, Mad Nadine Doris, who is going, oh, but we want to give it to Ukraine. Ukraine should host. And Boris saying, oh, we think Ukraine should host. Come on. Yeah. The EBU's had to put out a second statement today, basically saying, shut the fuck up. These are the security reasons why it can't be in Ukraine. We can't take delegations there. We can't take contestants there. We can't take 30,000 fans there. It has to be somewhere else. And we have to start getting on with it now. So, you know, get stuffed, basically. Now, we don't know, as I said, what's going to happen. But we could be having, for us, a home Eurovision next year. And I want to say I am very excited about that. But I am, of course, gutted that Ukraine is not in a situation to be able to host. Because, of course, what we all wish for more than anything is that Ukraine has peace and was able to host. 100%. If I could trade a home Eurovision in the UK for peace in Ukraine, obviously we would have peace in Ukraine. Now, look, I... I like the idea. There's lots, lots of talk at the moment from lots of people, lots of opinions. But I do think, knowing the sensibilities of the BBC and the people involved, I think if the UK was to host, if the, if the BBC was to host, I really, really think it would be a, a collaborative, very Ukraine-heavy uh, influenced and uh, culturally showcased event. Very much so. So, but we'll wait and see what happens, where it is, what it's about. Um, but there's, I'm just hearing lots of different ideas and lots of different things that people are saying about what could happen next year. And it's really interesting. And I actually think, I just want to go back to the values of Eurovision and collaborative broadcasting and collaborative working together and mutual understanding and respect and all these things. And I think here there is a window of opportunity for the BBC and, you know, UK and Ukraine to do something really special. And I don't know what that might look like, but I I think there's an opportunity there. That's all I'm really going to say until we know more. I think there are lots of opportunities there. I think at the moment we are still seeing the Ukrainian broadcaster uh, react with anger and disappointment at what they're saying is having been denied the right to host. Um, I hope that they come around from that. I hope we don't see Ukraine pulling out. Um, and I hope there could be a real good collaboration between the broadcaster and whoever is the host broadcaster. I think there are lots of opportunities. You can bring in Ukrainian presenters. You can bring in Ukrainian designers for the set and for the the logo and the theme art. Um, there are so many opportunities to make this uh, a properly Ukraine flavoured thing. And I think even if the Ukrainian broadcaster decides they don't want to do this in partnership, the BBC can still go ahead and work with Ukrainian creatives and bring Ukrainian crew on and really, really do something absolutely special and unique as a host broadcaster. Not just stepping in and making it their own show, stepping in and making this a truly, truly Ukrainian celebration so we'll watch this space or that space over there <laughs> whatever space it is and um but or yeah. it might all be decided that we're going to spain next year after all <laughs> who knows by the time this goes out but this is the this is the 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 consequence of us being so bloody ahead of ourselves yeah. this year and getting episodes in the can but the, the potential of us as uk as brits 
to experience a home Eurovision again in some cases or me for the first time mm-hmm. the potential for that is the reason why this is Matt and Monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good oh that's good that is so we need to close the show by telling you who has been selected as the Lithuanian cherry and it is Lolita Zero, not I'm your not mother. your mother, yes. <laughs> Call me mother, or not, it's his case, maybe. Yeah, well, I think the team decided uh, that it was just beautifully queer and actually just really good sort of fun. Absolutely, and it was a unanimous decision, this. I have to say, I mean, an honorary nod to the Washing Machine song. <laughs> In any other year, that would have been absolutely my choice. But there's something about Lolita Zero and the whole package she brings. And she does carry quite a package. You can see. You can see for yourself, dear viewers. <laughs> then it was just unignorable, really. <laughs> yeah, good song. We're happy with that one. Lolita Zero, will she get a chance to win second cherry after the chance she didn't have in 2017? Well, you can tell us what you think about that question. You can answer that by contacting us. You can get us at Twitter, at Second Cherry, Instagram, second underscore cherry, Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast, or we want to hear from you by email, which is... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. Hello! At secondcherry.vision. Vision. So there we are. That's Lithuania done in the can, Monty. Week three done. We are f- f- we're in the throes of second cherry. We are. I mean, not done quite because you've still got to edit it. But you know, <laughs> good luck. Don't remind me. <laughs> but yes, that's that done. And then next week, should we tell them what we're doing? Yeah, we're going to be in Ukraine. Woo! Interesting episode. Please join us next week for that. And um, yeah, well, we'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye.